Praise the Lord. Turn your Bibles this morning to Ephesians chapter 3. <clears throat> we'll start off here, Ephesians chapter 3. There's, a, there's a, <clears throat> another verse I want to get to here in a moment. We'll get there that I'm really kind of our, uh, kind of a foundational verse for what we're going to be talking about this morning. Praise the Lord. But Ephesians 3 verse 12 says, In him, in whom, in Christ, we have boldness and access with confidence through faith in him. Amen. That lets us know we have access. We have bold access to the throne of God. Bold access to the presence of God. We can have confidence to be able to come to God in prayer. Amen. That's a marvelous truth, isn't it? See, in, in prayer, you need to know that you can boldly go to the throne. Boldly come into God's presence. In other words, you have the authority, you have the right to come to the throne of God. Praise God. In fact, it's, it's a bold covenant right to come to the throne of God because of the blood of Jesus, the blood of the new covenant, the blood of the lamb was shed for you and I so that we can boldly come to the throne and access things that we need in the time of need. To ask for things. Thank God we have authority over the devil. But I want you to also know we have authority to come to the throne. You have authority. You have access to come to the throne to pray, to claim things, to access things. And and the church needs to know this. The church needs to know that they have a bold right to ask for some things. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. A covenant right to ask for some things. Praise the Lord. You know, the Bible, you know, Jesus says some things. John chapter 15, verse 7. This is one of the most powerful verses in the Bible. So if you abide in me, that means we're in Christ. We're in fellowship with God through Christ. And my words abide in you. Notice he said, you will ask what you will, what you desire, and it shall be done for you. He said, yeah, you've got to get the, you've got, you need to get my word in you because that keeps you in line with my will. God's word is his will. That's how you can pray in line with God's will is making sure you've got God's word in your heart. That keeps you in the will and the purpose of God. That means you won't be praying outside the will of God. And so that keeps you safe. It keeps you protected from praying foolishly or trying to pray for things that you don't have a right to. But the word of God gives you rights to be able to pray in line with God's word and God's will. He said, but you've got to do the asking. He said, it'll be done for you. But you've got to do the asking. You and I. (laughs) Amen. See, so so many in the church world still, you hear it. You hear it in songs. You hear it in, in, in people talking that, well, it's all up to God. Whatever the Lord wants, he's sovereign. He's in control. Whatever the Lord will. No, darling, no, darling, no, darling. Amen. John 15, 7. If you abide me and my words abide in you. And my words abide in you. Sometimes God says no. Sometimes God says maybe. Sometimes God just says wait a while. Oh, I'm sorry. That wasn't in there. I was reading out of second opinions again. No, he said, whatever you desire, it shall be done for you when you pray. 
Glory be to God. Now, we're not, we're not praying way off over there by ourselves without any basis for prayer. He said, my word needs to come inside your heart. Get your word in my, get my word in your heart. Then you can pray from a basis of faith, a basis of, uh, of confidence, knowing you're in the will of God. Hallelujah. And the purpose of that, verse 8, uh, is because he wants us to bear fruit. This is my, by this my Father's glorified that you bear much fruit. Well, how do we bear fruit? By getting our prayers answered. Verse 16 of the same chapter uh, reveals that too. He said, you didn't choose me. I chose you and appointed you. You should go and bear fruit and that your fruit should remain. And notice he ties the fruit right here that, you, that whatsoever you ask the Father, my name he'll give you. He ties it to prayer fruit. Fruit. In other words, God wants, he wants you producing. He wants you getting results in your prayer life. He doesn't want you just spinning your wheels doing a duty in prayer. He wants you actually producing something. He wants fruit in your life and mine. Prayer fruit, victory fruit, glory to God. And there's just so many verses really in the New Testament that reveal in Jesus himself. He, he said things like Matthew 21, 22, whatever you ask, whatever you ask, whenever you, things you ask in prayer, believing you'll receive. You'll do that. You'll ask. You'll receive. Hallelujah. See, that's New Testament where you ask what you will. Oh, but I thought, Pastor, we just left it all up to God. No, he obviously is leaving a lot of things up to you. Now, we know it's his power, his ability, his, you know, that, that makes things come to pass, yet he doesn't do it on his own without you doing some asking unless we do our part. We've got to come to him. We've got to come to him. In fact, so let's, I want to look at Isaiah forty-five eleven. This is a wonderful verse that because we're talking about bold covenant prayer this morning, that we can come boldly to God. And I want you to see the boldness in this. This is, an old, this is in the Old Testament, but it's actually prophetic about, those, about us now under the new covenant because he says, ask of me things concerning my sons in Isaiah 45, 11. So really, we're the sons of God. So this, you could put this, this is new covenant. He's, he's projecting forth how God's going to operate with his sons, what he expects of his sons concerning the, notice this, and concerning the work of my hands, you command me. You command me. <laughs> he said, ask concerning the work of my, concerning things to come concerning my son. Well, what are things concerning his sons? The, the, the things involved with the church and the, the plan of God for the, for the body of Christ, uh, walking in victory over the enemy, uh, you know, just living out the word of God, you know, in our lives, the kingdom of God, uh, you know, walking it out in this earth. That's what his sons are to be doing. Well, he's saying anything concerning that, concerning the work of my hands, what is God doing in the earth? He said, you command me. Now, that word command, you look it up in Hebrew, it means to give charge. God's saying, you give me charge. You charge me concerning my plan in the earth and what I need to get done. I need you to charge me. Ask of me. Hallelujah. See, I know for some folks, their mind goes tilt on things like this. Because that's bold, isn't it? I said that's bold, isn't it? 
<laughs> Praise God. God's saying, give me a charge. In other words, you say something about it. You asked me to do that, which I want to do, but I need you to give me access by asking me to do it. <clears throat> Hallelujah. See, that's not leaving it up to God. I said, that's not leaving it up to God. Oh, but pastor, I don't know why nothing's happening. Well, you haven't asked yet, maybe. You haven't given God a charge yet. You've been leaving it up to him. When, you know, you realize when you just, when you say, I'm going to leave it up to God, you're actually going to open the door to the devil. And many have done that and don't know why that, that they're not, things are not working and the enemy is having a field day in their life. Because God's saying, whatever you give me charge about, I'll do that. Hallelujah. Now listen, we've all missed it in areas. We've all fallen short. And so I'm not, the Lord's dealt with me about this, okay? See, he gets to deal with me, then I get to deal with you. So we're all included in this, okay? I've I've, I've got to get, the Lord's dealt with me about being bolder and praying for boldness and claiming my boldness and walking in greater boldness in the word and in proclaiming the word. See, this is also true for every believer. We've got to walk in greater boldness concerning coming to the throne. Come boldly to the throne. Hallelujah. We have access with boldness. So, and God's here saying, whatever you say about, whatever you give me a charge about, that's what I'm going to do. And somebody might say, well, you know, you're, you're just a, you're just, as a human being, you're just a, you know, you don't, you can't be giving God charges or even require certain things of the Lord. Well, I, I love this Psalm 3410 in the Amplified. Let's read that. I just, let's just read that before I make this statement here. It says, the young lions lack food uh, and, su- and suffer hunger, but they who seek inquire of and require the Lord. See, that word ask also means a, a requiring. And uh, of the of the Lord by right of their need and on the authority of His word. See, we're not asking or requiring something that God doesn't want to do. We're requiring of the Lord what He's requiring of Himself. <clears throat> when we say require, Hallelujah. But see, we can, in essence, require. Of the Lord. <clears throat> we say, Lord, your word says this. So I'm coming to you on the authority of your word. I have a right by the authority of the word to come to you because I'm in lack. <laughs> but I'm claiming your words, promises, and provisions that you meet my need. And I'm requiring that that be done in Jesus' name. I expect that of you. How your God doesn't mind that? There's a boldness to that. See, we need to be bolder yet at the throne. Say, no, no, Lord, you said this. Lord, you said this. And my situation's 
looking like this, but you said this. I've done this with the Lord. I mean, I know, I mean, I know from, I mean, this is my, I've had these experiences with the Lord. I mean, where my back was against the wall in different situations, even in times with this church. I'm like, Lord, this is on you. You've got an obligation here. I'm in covenant with you. I expect this to happen, and I'm not going to spend my nights rolling around in bed worrying about it. If you can't put it over, I'll go around and tell everybody. I'll tell people, I'll tell people, you couldn't, God couldn't do that. It was too big for him. I've, I've talked to the Lord like that. I'm, you know, this is, I don't think this is too big for you, Father, because this is what you said. And you wouldn't promise something if you couldn't bring it through. See, I believe that about him. Now, I've fallen short. I've missed it, but how I many you know he's never missed it? He's never come short of his promises, never fallen short of his word. I love what E.W. Kenyon said. He said, our prayer life should be like a mirror on earth reflecting God's word back to him. Lord, here's... (laughs) How many of God sees himself in his word? Because when he sees you point the word to him, he sees himself. He and his word are one. (laughs) And I mean, he can't deny himself. Glory to God. And we sang about it. he's faithful. He's faithful. He knows he'll do exactly what he said he would do. Let's look at another Old Testament here in the same, uh, in Isaiah again, Isaiah 43, 25. Put, let's look at that. I even I am he that blots out your transgressions for mine own sake and will not remember your sins. Put me in remembrance. Let us plead together. Amen. Let us plead together. Declare thou that you may be justified. Now, he's not saying put, put him in remembrance of where you missed it. How many of the devil likes to do that? That's the devil's job. He's the accuser. He comes at you and reminds you of where you missed it, fell short, because he wants you condemned when you come to the presence of God. He wants you feeling guilty so that you won't have any confidence, so you won't be bold. But see, God wants us coming boldly saying, I, I don't remember your sins, so you can come to me and, 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 and you can plead your case. Amen. Because, and you can let, you can declare your justification based on what I did for you. In our case, under the new covenant, based on the blood of Jesus. How many of God doesn't want you, he doesn't want you reminding him of things he's already chosen to forget. Oh, but Lord, you remember when I did that? He's going, I don't, no, I don't. I, I chose to forget that. Glory to God. Aren't you glad about that? Aren't you glad when you come to the Lord, he'd say, he said, you remember what you did three years ago, you dummy? I, I, I'm still bothered with that. <laughs> I'm glad he doesn't do that. Thank God. I'm glad that when he comes to us, he doesn't remember. I mean, when we come to him, he doesn't remember. When we come to him, we can actually declare things in, re- in regard to our justification because of his word. We're justified in Christ. We're righteous by the blood. He wants us coming to him boldly, so we have to come to him clean. Now, again, verse, uh, he said, well, well, I'm sorry, verse 25 again. 
put up verse 25 again. He blots out your transgressions. Now, under the new covenant, we actually uh, have them remitted. Our sins are remitted. Notice, it's for his own sake. Not just for our sake. It's for his sake. Why? Because so, he wants to remove any barrier to him being able to bless us completely. Glory to God. That's how good he is. He wants to remove every barrier of him being able to bless us fully. And so he needs that sin out of the way. He doesn't, and he doesn't need you coming to him all condemned, bent over in shame, feeling so guilty and down all the time, because, you know, just condemning yourself. He doesn't want that. He wants you coming boldly to the throne, knowing that you're justified. Now notice he said, let us plead together. There is an aspect of that I want to mention here, because when we come to him, I know we need to present our case, but some, but, and we've got the word, but I know God also sometimes he'll plead back. Remember Hezekiah? You can read that later in Isaiah 38. We're not going to look at it right now, but God told Hezekiah, get your house. He came to him through the prophet and said, get your house in order. You're going to die. Well, Hezekiah, he, he started pleading his case. Lord, uh, um, you know, I'm sorry I did this, but I'll, but remember, Lord, I also did this for you, and I repent. And he cried. He turned his face to the wall. And that was an act of saying, I'm turning away from everything I was. I'm totally committed. I'm, I'm totally falling on your mercy, Lord. And you know what God told him? He said, well, I'm going to give you 15 more years. Now, God didn't change his mind, but how many you know Hezekiah pled his case? And, and God, it was always God's intent for him to live longer. I mean, it's God's intent for all of us to live long lives, and He's got. We've got promises on that. But so, see, you can bring, you can bring Psalm ninety-one to Him and say, "Lord, you said you'd satisfy me with long life, so I'm claiming that." I mean, that's that's good. We should claim that. But I mean, the Lord may also then speak to our hearts and say, "Well, I, yeah, I want that for you, but I've been dealing with you for several years now about putting that certain thing away in your life that you haven't dealt with." How many of the Lord can plead his case too? <laughs> it's like Brother Hagin came to the Lord when he was, had gone out on the road traveling from, he'd been pastoring for 12 years and, uh, and, and the Lord called him to go out on the road in, in traveling ministry when, you know, he was a young man. And, uh, so he went out and, uh, but he, after one year, he, he realized, man, my finance, his finances had dried up. He was just barely, I mean, just, Barely making it. His car had four ball tires, he said, you know, riding down the road. He didn't have any extra money in his family. He had a family, had financial needs, and he came to the Lord about it and and had all the numbers and everything because he had been more blessed when he was, you know, a pastor. uh, And uh, and he said, now, but you've called me to come out into the traveling ministry. And and he said, look at these numbers. Look at, look, look at where, how, how I don't have enough to do this or to to provide for my family like I should and get new clothes for my kids. All these things. He, he presented it to the Lord and, uh, and the Lord, uh, and so he pled his case, but the Lord said, you know, uh, you need to be, I told you, I told you in my word in Isaiah that you need to be willing and willing and obedient. Because Brother Hagin was saying, I obeyed you. I went out on the road. And the Lord said, but you hadn't been willing. I know the Lord pled his case. <laughs> Brother Hagin said, I, he said, I got willing in 10 seconds. How many of you know it doesn't take long to get willing? 
I've been there. And the Lord's dealt with me about how about your willingness there, okay? I'm willing. I'm willing now. Amen. Then the Lord Lord showed him how he could begin to prosper and and, uh, and see, see things change in his finances. Hallelujah. But he first had to get willing. Well, see, the Lord will plead his case as well. Now, I'm going to see, sometimes you can pray for others as well. I'll bring this in for a moment. I'm primarily talking about you going to the throne for yourself boldly. But there are times you can go to the throne for others. But there are times, though, that you see you can't always change things for other people. And they sometimes have to make some changes. So you can't, you can't always, but, but I still will endeavor to plead my case for people that, uh, that are in, in my circle of influence in life. My family, this church family, I've prayed for situations. I, I could, I, I'm not going to name any names. I have prayed for some situations with people that have let me know, Pastor, I'm, uh, my, my job, I've had several. This has happened more than once where I've had somebody say, Pastor, I believe God's called me to this church. But they're, but they've taken our job away, taken our, and, and they want me to go somewhere else. But he said, but I feel like, they said though, I feel like I'm still supposed to be here. Hamio, I can, I can, ple- I'll plead their case if they feel like God wants them here. So I've done that. I've gone, Lord, I said, Lord, you're going to, I expect those people are faithful. They're, they're a blessing. Uh, now Hamio, you need to, you need to give the pastor something to work with so he can plead the case for you. <laughs> and I'll, most of y'all, I, I know all the other, y'all are fine with that. But, I have had some situations where somebody's asked me, I'm like, well, I don't know if I want to, I don't want, I may want you to go. But in, but in this case and some other, few other cases, I've had some, I said, Lord, I've gone to the Lord about it. I've gone, I pled their case. God brought new businesses and new job situations in for, for each, each of those. See, I've seen God work that way. I've seen, I've been able to plead the case for those, for certain situations. Plead the case. Now, sometimes I start pleading a case, sometimes with people that need a miracle in some area in their life. And I, and I've gone and, and, and I endeavor to pray, but the Holy Ghost didn't hook it up with me because I can't always change everything for somebody else. They have to maybe make some adjustments and, 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 you know, and that's, there's no condemnation with anybody there. I'm just saying, uh, I'm just, I just know sometimes I, you know, we're, we're limited in how much we can do now. Now we can pray even with my own mom. I, uh, I don't share this very often, but I, uh, I remember when my, when my mom was on the operating table and, and they, uh, and they came to us, she had to, it wasn't supposed to be a real difficult operation and all, but the, the, they told us to come on in and see her, that she's going to wake up. She'll be waking up soon and we could come in and see her. Um, and so we go into the room where they, where they placed her after the operation. And, and I looked at her, I looked in her face and my and my spirit says, she's leaving. She's, she's going. And, and the, I said, doc, nurse, I said, she's not, she's not coming out of, she's not just going to wake up in, in a moment here. And the doctor just kind of, he just kind of shooed me off, you know, like, uh, no, I've, this is the way it usually happens. And now she says, she'll come around. I, I knew in my spirit, see, he, I had, I had some inside information on this. Uh, and my spirit was letting me know that. So I looked at her. I said, she's leaving. She's gone. She's, she's about out of here. So I immediately go back into the, well, see, then they realize a couple of minutes, like two minutes later, they, they went over and looked at her again and said, y'all leave the room. Then all of a sudden they picked up on something's not, something's different here. So I think my, my sis and I, we left the room. I went back 
I went back immediately into a little chapel area there at the hospital and, and I started pleading my, pleading my mom's case because I wanted her here. I said, I've been, we've been back here for like 10 years or so. And I said, look, Lord, I'm not satisfied. I, I, you, I spent a lot of time away from my mom and I didn't, and, and now I want her to enjoy some years in the, these last years. I still want about 10 more years out of her. My grandkids love her. I meant her grandkids. That what I say, my grandkids? Yeah. Well, my, my grandkids would have loved her, but they, and they'll love her eventually. But, uh, but her grandkids, my kids, my kids and my, you know, my brother and sister's kids, they loved her. She was such a blessing to our family. And I wanted, I wanted more of that. So I'm pleading her case. I said, Lord, I'm not, I'm not accepting this. I'm not, I have a right. I, I've started pleading my case. I knew I had a right to a certain measure of things, even though I couldn't. You know, but I also realized the Lord, then the Lord started pleading his case. I'm not talking about an audible voice. I didn't have an audible voice, but it came up on the inside of me. It would be better. This, this word just kind of came up. It'll be best for her to go on home now. And I knew what he meant because my mom had had some different physical issues, some different issues. And, and it was let, he was letting me know this is not, this is going to be some ongoing things that I can't change. There'll be some things she's going to have to deal with per- perpetually. So he said, it's best for her to go on. So immediately, right there, I didn't want it, <laughs> but I realized the Lord's right. And I'm, I, so I said, I'll, I'll let her go. And uh, then, of course, she, she, soon after that, we found she, she checked out. And uh, praise God. But see, I, I believe we can plead our case, but there's also other things we can't control. But, but I'm at least going to give it an effort, Right. I think we need to, I think we need to realize, and that's what the Lord's reminding me of and wants me to remind the church of. We have a greater measure of authority at the throne of God than we sometimes think. Because I have seen victories and sometimes people don't even know that somebody was praying for them and I saw victories and I'm just laughing because I said, I pled that case for them. I've done it for some family. I've done it for situations where I've seen victories. But then there's also a point where you can't keep doing it. Because they have to pick that up too, you know. Well, praise the Lord. Um, but I just want I'm, I'm to, I want you to be reminded today. I want you to be reminded today. And this is primarily with you going to God for things in his word that he's promised you. You can get bold. Because this is a covenant thing. It's based on the blood of Jesus, which means the new covenant. We have a new covenant. Jesus is the surety, the guarantee of this new covenant. All the promises of God are ours. And, and God's promises are his covenant obligations to his sons and daughters. Did you hear that? God's promises are his covenant obligations. God owes it. To you. This is strong because people don't like to hear, well, God owes me. So, yes, because of his covenant. It's like when you, when you oh, even in the Old Testament, when you go into covenant with someone, what they have is yours, what you have is now theirs. There's an exchange that takes place in covenant. Hallelujah. We're in covenant with God through the blood of the Lord Jesus. An everlasting covenant, Hebrews says. 
And so what God has is now mine. I have an inheritance. I'm a joint heir with Jesus Christ. What's his is mine. So when God promises me something, it is his covenant obligation to me. That what he said, he will bring to pass. He has to bring it to pass if I'll do my part and go to the throne boldly and ask him for it and trust that he heard and answered my prayer. Hallelujah. See, God's promises, see, we're not twisting God's arm when I say he owes it to us. That we have to go in because we can't be arrogant with God anyway. We need to be humble with God. With tones of humility, we go into his presence. But we have a right to be bold and say, Father, this is what you said. This is what you promised. So I expect this fully. So we're not twisting his arm. God's promises are a a revelation of God's longing to do for us what he promised to do. He wants it for you, or he wouldn't have promised it. He desires to give you blessings. He desires for you to be healed and well. He desires for you to have more than enough on this earth. You know, I, I, I'm still, I, I remember hearing years, this was, this was about uh, 10 years ago. I remember this uh, uh, so-called scientist uh, got up and said, if, if we don't see temperatures rise in this part of the, of the world, uh, you know, in the next few years, there's going to be mass, mass starvation, even in the half of the United States and all this kind of stuff about how the world was just going, oh, oh, the doom and gloom prophet of, of, of climate, you know. And if the temperature didn't do this or that, and this was, he said, within 10 years, there can be mass starvation. And I, and I remember thinking, I remember looking, pointing my finger and saying, no, I have a covenant. As long as I'm on this earth, I have a covenant with God that says his sons, his children will not go without. I've never seen the righteous forsaken. That's covenant. Nor is seed begging bread. So those people are liars. They don't understand covenant. Covenant is so strong. Covenant is so powerful. Glory to God. I mean, for 40 years, without a drugstore, without a clothing store, God kept his covenant and preserved the children of Israel in the wilderness for 40 years. They never went without clothing. Never, their shoes never wore out. They always had water to drink. They had food to eat for 40 years. Why? Because of covenant. Because of God's covenant with Abraham. God swore to Abraham. Amen. He brought them out with signs and wonders. Why? Because of covenant. Because covenant means blood flows. Cutting, cutting till blood flows in the Old Testament. Blood flow. Well, blood has flowed for us. I mean, why do you think Israel is in their homeland today? Because of covenant. They're just a continuous reminder that God's a God of covenant. You want, anybody has a question about covenant? Look at Israel. 
They're there. They're not wiped out because of covenant. Even though people have tried to wipe them out for centuries. Hallelujah. God is faithful. God is faithful. Listen, it cannot happen that you call on him in faith and he not answer you. Because he would cease to be faithful. And if he ceases to be faithful, he ceases to be God. Hallelujah. He can't, because the Bible says it's impossible for him to lie. If God were to lie, he would cease to exist. Glory to God. Every word of God is true. Every word of God can be trusted. I remember hearing this TV personality in a couple of years back. He was on there. He, he, was, he just kind of, he thinks a little highly of himself, even though he, he, he believed a lot of good things. I'm not going to name his name, but he, he got, I just laughed because he got on there and said, you know, he started talking about, you know, somehow he got off on the Bible or something. And he said, I don't believe stories like Jonah are, are really actually happened. It's kind of like they're good stories, you know, to make a point. And I'm thinking, well, you just called Jesus a liar. Because Jesus said Jonah was in the belly, in the whale of the belly three days and nights. And the what? What did I say? The whale of the belly? Well, he may have had a whale of a belly, I'm sure, but I got my own autocorrect here. Thank goodness. The, in the fish's belly, whale's belly, Jesus said so, three days and nights. And I'm sitting there thinking, you mean you're calling Jesus a liar today? Because Jesus verified every word of the, it's forever settled, it's true. Every word of God is true. You may not think that story could have happened. A lot of people don't think that, uh, you know, that, uh, that, Israel, Israel, children of Israel passed through the, uh, the Red Sea on dry ground. There's a lot of people, they don't, they don't believe these stories, but they're true. It's the word of God. God would have to cease to exist for these things not to be true. So that's why we can, I mean, we can so totally trust and rest in our heavenly father. God hates lying. You know, he says even something about the righteous, uh, this, in, in Psalms, uh, let me, let me give you that scripture. I've got it here somewhere. Psalms, um, Psalm 15, verse four, Jesus, I mean, I'm sorry, the psalmist is talking about the righteous man. He says, the righteous man swears the last part of that verse. He swears to his own hurt and does not change. He swears to his own. Well, if God requires that of a righteous man, how much more for himself? I mean, if a righteous man starts, you know, swear something and then doesn't do it, he's no longer a righteous man. And God's, I mean, that's not a righteous man. He's a liar. But so how much more God? If God says it, he'll never go back on it. He won't require something of himself. He won't do. And he's a covenant keeping God. Isaiah 56 verse 4. I love this. He tells us that uh, in the King James there says, Thus saith the Lord unto the eunuchs that keep my Sabbath and choose the things that please me. Notice, I want you to see the last part of this verse. And take hold of my covenant. Take hold. See, that's what we're to do. We're to take hold of the covenant. We're to come boldly before the throne and take hold of the covenant. 
Hallelujah. See, it's, it's not well, whatever the Lord wants to do, he'll do. You know, he's sovereign. He's in control. Whatever he wants to do will happen. No. No, God will do whatever he said. He needs someone, though, to take hold of the covenant. He needs the church. In fact, we've got to be taking things to him regarding, he even wants us taking things to him regarding the last great revival, the last great move of God, the rain. The Bible tells us God's going to pour out the latter rain in these last days, but he also said, ask of the Lord rain in Zechariah 10. We're to be asking him for it. James talks about we're to pray and be patient for that rain. So the, the church has a part to play. We have a part to play for the things of God coming to pass in our own life. And we need to be bold about going to the throne. Bold about going to the throne. Glory be to God. Glory be to God. <laughs> uh, there in a couple more thoughts here, a couple more verses in Hebrews chapter 10. Hebrews chapter 10. Praise God. Verse 1. Hebrews 10, 1. Now put that in the, uh, I think, did I tell you the King, I want that in the, I, I love the way the King James says that. Put that, uh, I mean, that's, it's not, it's not wrong. It's just, uh, there's a word I want to focus on. Um, verse 1. Put, put that up in the King James as he talks about, there you go. The law having a shadow of good things to come, not the very image of the things, can never with those sacrifices which they offered, Notice this, year by year, continually make the comers thereunto perfect. The comers. See, and he's, and he's talking about, ultimately, us the new, and the new covenant being able to come to the throne. Come boldly to the throne. But notice he's talking about comers. God needs comers. It didn't say God's going to come. And do what he wants to do with you. He's going to, he needs you to come to him. So verse 19 tells us how we're to come. Verse 19 tells us how. How I many it's important how we come? Therefore, brethren, having boldness to enter, or you can even say to come to the holiest <laughs> by the blood of Jesus. That's how we're to come. That's how we're to enter. That's how we're to approach God. With boldness. See, a bold, boldness is a fearlessness. First John chapter four, verses 17 and 18 tie boldness and being fearless together. When you read that. See, he talks about love's been perfected among us in that we may have boldness in the day of judgment. Because as he is, so are we in this world. Then he says in the next verse, there's no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear because fear involves torment. He who fears has not been made perfect. So he connects boldness and fearlessness. When you come to God and when you stand before God and when you believe God uh, and when you look at God and his love for you. See, we can boldly come to the throne, fearlessly come to the throne and exercise authority at the throne. Praise God forevermore. See, in, in one sense, it's like a lawyer coming to the, coming before a judge. Because we've already seen we have a right to plead our case from Isaiah 43 and Isaiah 45. We have a right to plead our case. But how do we know we even have a case? Well, we've got, you got law. <laughs> when it comes to actually a natural court, you have, you have law, you have precedent, you've got a constitution, you've got a bill of rights, you've got things that give you a basis to come to court. 
Well, we have a basis to come before the judge. See, there's going to be an accuser there in the courtroom. The Bible tells us there's an accuser. Amen. His name is Satan. But we can come boldly before the throne and present our case. But notice, if you're going to get your case heard before the judge, you've got to present it. How many of the judge isn't going to come looking for you? I'm talking about just in the natural court situation. If you want something changed, you've got to go to the judge. If there's something that's lawfully been done against you, you've got to go before the judge and you've got to present your case, even with an accusing prosecutor over there trying to say, this is not right, coming against you. But how many of the judge is your father? He's for you. And you've also got this lawyer. He's your elder brother. He's your, he's an advocate for you. Jesus Christ, the righteous. So you've got help. You've got someone who'll say, I'll verify that with my blood. Hallelujah. But guess who still has to present the case? Amen. You got to go to the throne. See, some people think, well, God's just going to do it for me. He'll just, he'll just do it if he wants it to happen. If it's the Lord's will, it'll happen. No, no, no. You've got to present your case. Plead your case. Command ye me. That's what God said. You've got to give him a charge. You've got to take his word to him like a mirror and reflect it back to him. Because he sees himself in that word. And he'll always perform his word for you. But he needs you to plead your case. He needs you to present it to him. Hallelujah. See, we're accepted before the throne. Ephesians 1, 6 tells us that. We're accepted in the beloved. Why? Because of the blood of Jesus. He's made us accepted. He's made us accepted. Thank God. See, the blood guarantees our covenant, and we overcome. If remember Revelation twelve eleven, how do we overcome by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of our testimony? How many? We still have to word have a word of testimony. We've got to testify of what the blood has done. We've got to present our case. Have you been presenting your case? I mean, that's a good. We have the Lord. Like I said, the Lord has dealt with me. I've got to be bolder about coming to Him about some things. Bolder yet about coming to him about some things. Listen, whenever your heart loses its boldness toward the Lord, its fearlessness, when your heart loses its fearlessness to stand on the word, you're in danger. When you lose a boldness, you're in danger. Your, your, your prayer life is going to lose strength and vitality. It's going to weaken if you lose boldness and fearlessness in coming to the coming to the throne of grace. Amen. Hallelujah. We need to be bold. We need to be bold. We need to be just you know, we need to have a fresh revelation of covenant. A fresh revelation of our rightful place at the throne of grace. Why? Because you and I have covenant authority. We have a right to answer prayer, and God is not withholding it. He longs to give it to us, but he needs us to come. 
He needs comers. Comers to the throne. Not, not, not sheepish, timid, weak. Uh, I don't know if I should go to God. And, and, and are getting your theology goofy and saying, well, you know, maybe the Lord doesn't want me to have that. He shouldn't have said it then. <laughs> it's like the dad who promises his kids, you get straight A's and we'll go to Disney World this summer. And he, he promised it. And the kids, how many of the kids will remind him of it? And they get straight A's at the end of the year, and they come running to dad and say, Dad, we got straight A's. You said we could go to Disney World. He's not, if he, if he, if he starts going him hawing and backing off, say, well, you know, that was, I, I was hoping that would happen, but, uh, you know, I, we really probably don't need to go right now. How many know he needs to turn in his dad card? If dad promised that, he better find a way to come through with that. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. You've got a covenant with God. He'll never back off of what he said. He'll never turn away. He, if you come to him in, in just simple childlike faith, hallelujah, and say, Father, this is what your word says. I thank you for it. Now, you may have to stand for a while. You may have to hold, just stand, stand your ground and say, no, and the devil's lies to you today. It's not coming to pass. You have to keep saying, no, no, it's, I'm, I'm in covenant with God. He can't lie to me. He's not going to fail me. He's always faithful to his word. We are going to Disney World. I will get my answer. I will see it. And I keep thanking God for it. You keep thanking him for it, thanking him for his word. But we've got to be bold about that. First Chronicles 16, verse 15 in the Amplified says we're to be mindful of his covenant forever. How do you do that? You meditate on that. You meditate on the covenant. You, you praise God for his covenant. You keep, keep his covenant in your thought life throughout the day. Keep thanking him for his word. The promise which he commanded and established to a thousand generations. See, God's word never fails. It will always come to pass. But, but we have to just make sure we're diligent. In continuing to stand, not draw back, not give up. Hallelujah. Praise God. Realizing I'm in covenant with God. Listen, if God said it, it's mine. I sit at the same table with daddy. We're in covenant relationship. He's my father. I'm his son. That's what Isaiah said. They command you concerning my sons. Sons come through birth, through blood. The blood of Jesus made me a son of God. I'm at the table with him. Whatever daddy eats, I get to eat. Hallelujah. And ultimately, we're going to see everything, all our full inheritance. We don't get it all right now on this planet, but we're going to get it one day. Because of the blood of Jesus. Because I'm in covenant with God. I get the full inheritance. And it's going to take all eternity to unveil it to us. How much God loves us. How much he's provided for us. Hallelujah. 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 So let's boldly come to the throne. Boldly. 
fearlessly begin to move in your prayer life towards a different mindset. Be mindful of your covenant with God. God doesn't want you drawing back in, in a false humility. He wants you pressing in in true humility. See, true humility says, God said it, I believe it. False humility says, well, maybe God said it, but I, I don't feel like I should have it. That's false. If God says you should have it, <laughs> if he made a way for you to have it, if the precious blood of Jesus was shed for you to have it, how dare us get in a false humility and say, well, I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to press into my, I know I'm so unworthy. No, his blood made you worthy. You're righteous by the blood. How dare us be timid? How dare us draw back and disrespect that precious blood? It's a disrespect. It's a dishonoring. It's saying the blood of Jesus wasn't enough. God said it's enough for me to not even remember your sins anymore. So don't even, so he said, so don't, when you plead your case, don't bring your sin because I don't remember that. He said, when you plead your case, come with my word. Set forth your, set forth your cause. Reflect my word back to me and be bold about it and boldly receive it. Boldly claim it. Boldly say it's mine. I have it now. Glory to God. Is anybody excited this morning about the word? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. (laughs) I'm excited about this. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Father. Thank you for your faith. Let's thank him for his faithfulness. Faithful, faithful, faithful. Father, we thank you that you're faithful. Thank you, you're faithful to your promises. Father, we thank you we can rest. (laughs) We can rest in the truths of your word. And we can take our stand before your throne, expecting to receive from you what you promised us. Because your promises are sealed and covered and ratified with the very blood of your son on our behalf. So we thank you for those precious promises today. Hallelujah. Praise God. Thank you, Lord.